welcome to What's the Data Point from Citizens Budget Commission and Gotham Gazette. I'm Maria Doulis from CBC. You can find previous episodes of our podcast on our websites at gothamgazette.com and cbcny.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you're enjoying this podcast and telling your friends and colleagues to listen and subscribe, particularly the episodes that take a deep dive into timely topics. Want to get inside the controversy about lead reporting? Former DOH Commissioner Mary Bassett breaks it down on episode 46. The UFT just settled a contract. City Labor Commissioner Bob Lynn talks about the new pattern and how he approaches collective bargaining in episode 48. In episode 41, DOI DOI Commissioner Mark Peters discusses the reasons why his office has expanded, among other things. Those are just a few recent examples and plenty more like that as we enter our 56th episode. Today's show is also about a hot topic, NYCHA. CBC analysis finds that at the current trajectory of deterioration, 90% of NYCHA's units may not be cost-effective to repair by 2027. 90%. How's that for a data point? We're bringing you remarks from the New York City Housing Authority's interim chair and CEO, Stan Brezhnev. He's had a long career in government and is widely regarded as a fixer. In this episode, Stan describes quite plainly the policy and funding challenges facing the agency, how its past performance has crippled its credibility, and his areas of focus for improvement. Listen in, and remember you can reach us directly with your reaction to the show and ideas for who you'd like to hear from on future episodes. I'm at Maria Doulis, and Ben is at TweetBenMax on Twitter. Ben will be back next week for a new episode. Till then, signing off from both of us. kind introduction. Uh, When I address a group like this, I always feel as though I am doing the proverbial carrying of coals to Newcastle, because this is a very knowledgeable, sophisticated uh, audience, uh, benefiting from uh, uh, much of CBC's work over the years, and now further buttressed by this, uh, this fact sheet. So I don't want to spend a lot of time painting the picture. I think you know the picture. Uh, I want to talk to you about what I believe and what I think uh, uh, NYCHA is geared to do is to attack these problems even with a recognition that at least at this moment in time and for the foreseeable future, the resources are simply not there to do the entirety of the job. So starting with that as a premise, the question that I'm asking myself and the question that I have asked myself in other assignments, especially those that are characterized as interim, what is it possible to do to make things better? We have to remember that at least 400,000 people live in NYCHA housing. Probably the real number is closer to five or 600,000 people. That's a considerable number of in, uh, individuals uh, who depend upon Uh, NYCHA uh, to deliver on habitable, safe, 
livable housing. In addition, the capital need is an extraordinary amount of money. Uh, I guess if you take a certain perspective, you can say everybody needs $30 billion. The Transit Authority needs $30 billion. It's probably a number that's out there in the cosmos, and it just floats down to whatever set of needs uh, is, uh, is presented. Nobody has $30 billion. NYCHA has lost since uh, 2001, 2002 in federal funding about $3 billion plus dollars, equally split amongst operation funds and uh, capital, uh, uh, capital funds. So that's absolute loss from a point in time, but obviously does not take into account the rate of deterioration uh, and the continued aging of the facilities and inflation in costs. In the same period of time, for example, the city budget more than doubled. And that would be true of almost any public budget that you looked at. In effect, NYCHA has seen reduced resources. So in looking at this, I have tried to divide up, I think NYCHA needs to do this, into buckets of possible attack. Let's start, let's start with that enormous number. $32 billion, and a deteriorated uh, housing stock that CBC described as in danger of becoming so obsolescent within a relatively few years that it will cost a lot more to repair than to simply start over. Only, of course, there are people living there, and the dollars are not there to start over either. But what is to be done about that? What I described as the reduction in funding can be further described as a reduction in public housing subsidies, the so-called Section 9 subsidies. While that has been going on and is a reflection of uh, disenchantment with the concept of public housing, a retreat from the policy of public housing, there has been at least one area of housing support from the federal government that has seen new investment, the so-called Section 8 housing subsidy. Without uh, making a judgment call about the wisdom, wisdom or morality of the retreat from public housing support, but simply recognizing where the resources are, NYCHA is and must focus on drawing down as much Section 8 money to redo as much of its housing stock as it possibly can. Generally, that's called the RAD program. We have a project in Queens. It is the largest of its kind in the country, 1,400 units that have been RADded. That's a D, not a TT, to great effect. It is a model that uses the Section 8 funding in a public-private partnership with private developers. NYCHA retains the ownership of the land, and the result is a relatively new set of housing units, loved by the tenants, that creates something they are happy and proud to be a part of.
We have several thousand of those in a planning and implementation pipeline. Close to 15,000 is what we currently envision. But the more important, the more important point is we are going all in to the extent possible on RAD. Now, that has its limitations. It's a federal, uh, a federal program. It requires annual appropriation. But it's clearly a direction that HUD, that federal policy is taking. And to the degree that we can, we will be moving in that program. But RAD is, it, it is critically important. It's critically important both as a means of revitalizing, actually making a change in a fundamental condition that is a part of NYCHA, but it also underscores the enormity of the task. Because even the most ambitious thinking about RAD will take place, will be implemented over an extended period of time. Nothing is easy in housing, I'm learning. I am not a houser that's been pointed out to me by the people I work with, uh, but they are, and they have assured me that what I regard as long time frames are the ordinary course of business in develop, planning, developing, uh, uh, developing housing. So we're talking about years to achieve thousands of units, but let's remember how many units we have in NYCHA. And so even the most ambitious, successful plan around RAD or derivatives of RAD would leave us with well over 100,000 deteriorated units. That's quite a story, right? It underscores just how fundamentally difficult the NYCHA problem is. And again, thinking in big numbers sometimes serves to mask the enormity of the impact on people's lives because we are talking about people's lives here. So putting aside the ambitious redevelopment and some other things that we might do, using underutilized land and NYCHA property, uh, finding other means of uh, doing fundamental, fundamental rehab, the imperative to do the best possible job with the resources that we have has never been more critical. And I have to tell you, it is possible, it is necessary, and we will do a better job with the resources that we, that we have. Because uh, our, as, our, as I told you, our, our budget is roughly uh, $3 billion a year. Not all of that is in pure operations. That money needs to be spent as effectively as it can be spent. And there are imperatives. You see them in that $32 billion uh, description of our, capital, uh, uh, of our capital needs. So we have some imperatives that are part of uh, federal lawsuits because the consequence of the deterioration over time created conditions that are in violation, have been in violation of the, of the law and regulation, and we need, to attack, uh, we need to attack those. One part of the picture that NYCHA is experiencing is a kind of a focus 
on a recent history that underscored shortfalls in performance, significant the problems in the condition of housing, and an apparent, an apparent inability to deal with those. So balancing the two, the two realities, because the needs are so enormous, the resources so inadequate, I think it is important for NYCHA to establish for the world, first for itself and for its residents, but then for the world, what it is possible to do what reflects the most rational process for prioritizing needs against the availability of resources. As some of you know, heard, I come out of the healthcare field most recently, so I'm comfortable, at least conceptually, with the notion of triage and prioritizing. I wish it were not the case. I wish we had another billion or two billion dollars a year for operations, but we don't. I'll keep advocating for it, but dealing with what we have, we are prioritizing, triaging, making judgments about the most effective use of our dollars, and then laying out in a careful way how we're going to spend the money what the goals and objectives are, what the milestones are. Because in candor, I'm sure you know this, we are not viewed currently as a competent organization. We are not viewed as a credible organization. Some of that is a reflection of reality. Some of it gets uh, exaggerated and distorted, but it's a fact. And the way to deal with that is to do a good job in the areas that I've just alluded to to be transparent about those goals and objectives, to establish milestones and deadlines, and to report on those, successful or unsuccessful, on a regular basis. First and foremost, to our tenants and our staff, but also to the world at large. I'd be remiss if I didn't note a really fundamental policy and dollar issue. I'm a veteran of city and state uh, government, and I recognize a portentous issue when I see one. And the issue of local support for public housing is one such issue. Historically, this city and other cities and states have run from the question of providing dollars to public housing. There are some bumps in the road, but basically it's sort of like uh, Russian foreign policy and having a warm water seaport that has always been a fundamental of Russian policy. Well, policy of uh, city government around the country is public housing belongs to the federal government and they're not going to take a, put a toe into the uh, water. Probably I had that view when I was at city, uh, when I was at city hall. This mayor sees it differently and he made a very, very weighty decision to put hundreds of millions of dollars into public housing. He did so in recognition of the enormous needs and the fact that those needs impact human lives. And he has continued in that commitment, which has provided for us 
dollars to attack specific programs, specific issues, like roofs and mold, like boilers, because that's what it comes down to. Even as we look toward RAD, the question is, what kind of a winter season is this going to be? Last winter was a very, very difficult one. What can we do, what are we doing, using these dollars to make this winter better than last winter? The mayor, with his dollars, has helped us to advance that, uh, 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 that cause. But it is a big, big decision a fundamental policy decision. Many cities around the country have vacated the public housing field. They've used RAD and other things to get out from under it. New York City has not done that. New York City has put money on the table, but obviously it's not an unlimited amount of dollars. At the end of the day, when looking at the enormity and complexity of the issues that NYCHA faces. The tremendous amount of resources that would be required to turn the whole ship around. It would e be easy to just shrink in horror and just take it whatever comes. Uh, we can't do that. So, we are focused on making every dollar count, establishing an agenda that we can be held accountable for, having that agenda reflect the most sensible and realistic priorities that uh, we can, and at the same time taking advantage of the policy shift from Section 9 to Section 8 to redo as much as we possibly can and take it out of traditional public, uh, uh, public housing. So I'm gonna stop there because uh, you can give me back some of those coals to Newcastle, thanks. Sure, you were too. The statistic about the percentage of the units of NYCHA that will be not fixable by 2027 are really horrible. So, as I look at the way the de Blasio administration is using its capital dollars for housing, I'm wondering if it wouldn't be more rational more city capital bucks into NYCHA rather than using them to build new ones. I'll ask him. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I, do, I do understand the question. It is a fundamental policy question. Wearing my current hat, I'll take dollars from wherever they come, even if I have reservations about the uh, uh, 
the, the policy that, uh, uh, that dictates that. Uh, it's not a question that I, I'm, I'm focused on. The city has an affordable housing plan, a, a, a plan to build or preserve many, many, uh, many, many units. It is in its way a zero-sum game. And I guess that's why mayors get elected, to make those kinds of, uh, make those kinds of judgments. Uh, tre tremendously difficult, and so thank you for doing that. I, one of the slides that uh, showed up here said something about new leadership, so I know uh, you're here on interim uh, basis. Um, but uh, there are all sorts of questions about how this organization is going to go forward, because there's now this consent degree, uh, agreement that's uh, still being negotiated. Maybe you can share something with us on that. But how do you think this is all going to be able to operate with... Uh, uh, a monitor and uh, chairman and all of the other pieces. So when you talk about creating an efficiently running organization, how does this all work or how do you think it can be made to work successfully for what is an, obviously an extremely difficult task? So it, uh, it, it's a good multifaceted question. I'm going to the gym to work out because so, whoever the monitor is, I'm sure is, uh, there'll be some jousting. Uh, let, me, let me start with the, uh, the monitor. Uh, I have no problem with the concept of a monitor as it applies to compliance with federal law and regulation. And there are many examples of monitorships that work extremely well, where the monitor does monitoring and is an advisor, a collaborator, or a reporter to the court, and uh, uh, so on. I think in the city, uh, the police monitorship, the corrections department monitorship, there are a couple in mental uh, health. We have one. We have a, a special master, it's called, the same judge, by the way, who is working with us on mold and, to my mind, has been tremendously value added for, uh, for that. I have some trouble with this uh, uh, proposed monitorship because it's much more actively constructed, where there's a, more of a management role, at least in vision, and I think it is a prescription for difficulty, if not disaster. And uh, expense is an issue, too. Some of the monitorships around the country carry with it enormous cost, because they uh, utilize high-priced uh, law firms and, the, uh, and the, the like, and you have to ask yourself uh, what the value added is. But uh, as you say, it's in play. There's a lot of discussion going, uh, going on, and I'm hopeful that what emerges is a monitorship focused on that compliance where the government has every right and obligation, really, to have NYCHA be responsive to those, uh, to those things. Uh, and we are very focused on that. I do want to talk about operations and management, though, in a generic sense. It is an unusually large organization with thousands of points of service delivery. I used to marvel in healthcare how hard it was, and in fact foolish, to think in terms of operating healthcare institutions from a central point when the service delivery was happening in the hundreds and thousands every moment of the uh, every moment of the day. And over time, healthcare has evolved through a variety of things, 
approaches that take that into account. And responsibility and accountability gets baked in at different, uh, uh, at different levels. In the police department, uh, uh, over the years, uh, they evolved approaches that relied very heavily on lower level supervision. And uh, well, at NYCHA, we have 3,000 plus caretakers, individuals who are pretty much on their own. And then we have levels of supervision and, uh, uh, and so on. Uh, clearly, in order to deliver on some of the basic stuff, we have to rethink how our organization functions and its structure. On a bigger scale, we're as big as the city of Cleveland in population and, uh, uh, and spread. We need to think through how an organization like this should operate, can operate effectively. And that's on the agenda for us to do. And then we have to figure out how to make it happen because a truly and effectively uh, decentralized delivery system with appropriate centralized uh, oversight and, and accountability requires not just structure, it requires a lot of other thinking about authority and accountability and the, and the like. And I hope we have the time and the willingness to take that, to take that on. The structure that exists is a product of another, another time. At the beginning of the year, the Congress passed the Defense Authorization Bill, $720 billion. Like a month ago, they added $20 billion, just you know, sort of willy-nilly. Um, can the city congressional delegation do anything in Congress uh, to reallocate uh, some of this money that's um, going primarily to the Defense Department, but could be coming here possibly. Uh, well, it's an excellent, uh, an excellent <laughs> question. I, I, I want to say something about our, our congressional uh, representatives, uh, who are obviously not in power at the uh, at the moment. But I have been tremendously impressed by the members of Congress who, uh, uh, in, in their uh, approach and uh, uh, command of NYCHA, uh, of NYCHA issues. Some of them are well positioned if, in fact, the Democrats take the House to assume leadership uh, positions in key, uh, uh, in key areas. Uh, uh, Congresswoman Velasquez uh, has been a terrific uh, champion of, uh, of public uh, housing and housing in general in New York City. Uh, the new Congressman uh, Espaya, uh, Hakeem Jeffries. These are many of our members of Congress have large housing projects in their district and know firsthand what the uh, what the needs are. And I know they will advocate uh, for us, but. Uh, uh, they do not control the budget. Um, I have like 16 questions I want to ask you, but I'm going to try to focus it into one coherent question. Um, you have described the need to, you know, you've sort of described five almost uh, uh, major crises sort of happening all at the same time. There's 
you know, operations and management, compliance, capital needs. So it, it is an enormous challenge as you have uh, described. Um, can you comment on how you're going to prioritize? You talked a lot about the need to prioritize uh, with regards to the operations and management issues. Can you give us a view into what those near-term priorities are likely to be? That's part one. And part two is, given the statistics about the obsolescence of the existing stock of housing that are slated to happen 90% of the units within the next 10 years, it seems as though a credible program to deal with the existing stock needs to be matched with a credible view on how the stock can be replaced over time and over what period of time. So can you comment in part two on how the capital plan, the timing for how the capital plan will be announced to deal with the issue of obsolescence? So uh, I may answer in 16 parts. <laughs> So let, let, let's start with uh, the prioritization. The professionals at NYCHA, who are extraordinary, uh, have been grappling with uh, how to allocate resources. If you're doing roofs, which roofs do you do? If you're doing boilers, which boilers do you do? And they have developed uh, formulas, calculus, uh, uh, calculi, uh, as to how to identify uh, the roofs in most urgent need of repair and try to address those first. We've done, I don't know, 60 or 70 this, uh, uh, this year, uh, and we'll do similar amounts in the coming years using mayoral money, by the way. That's one of the... Uh, things that uh, the mayor directed his resources uh, uh, toward. And there's actually uh, a, uh, an evaluation process that identifies them. And the goal is at uh, some near point, a few years out, that we'll have those roofs on a 25 or 30 year life cycle. Of course, you have to keep them on that, which means investing tens of millions of dollars each year in roofs, or you be back in the soup uh, very quickly. And of course, that roofs lead to the mold question, right? And then how to deal with other aspects of the mold question, brick pointing, uh, plumbing, uh, 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 painting, and, uh, uh, and the like. So that's going on. The boilers are a trickier question because we don't have money for all the, uh, the boilers. So identifying, and this is a, a painful triage, those boilers that are more likely than others to cause problems in the, in the coming winter or winters, still we try to apply a kind of scientific approach to identifying them and, uh, and working on them. There are fundamental questions about how we will spend capital dollars. And there are you know, broad stroke choices, concentrate more fully on smaller numbers of buildings, or concentrate or spread the money out across many buildings. The most difficult element, it seems to me, in that kind of a, a, a review 
uh, is the fact that there are real people there. Uh, if you, when you look at the, the, the CBC report and our own uh, projected needs analysis, of the 30 some odd billion dollars, 10 to 12 billion are kitchens and bathrooms. What does that say about the conditions that families are living? So uh, I don't have the answers. We are wrestling with those questions. And ultimately, I don't think it's a choice that only the housing authority leadership can make. This is a set of choices that we would have to work with tenants, elected officials, the, the mayor, because it is a really weighty choice. Who gets limited resources and for what purposes? There is one other thing, though. I would be misleading if I did not say that there are aspects of our operation, the day-to-day -day stuff, that can't be done better in a way that would have material uh, effect. So I'm going to give you an example because we're, we're, we're working on it. We have a fairly sophisticated work order system. We have to, right? Hundreds of thousands of people, units, problems that are cascading uh, uh, every, every day. And for its time, it's been a really good work order system. But it ain't good enough. It, it leaves us with problems. It leaves us with tracking issues. So we need to sort of turn that work order system inside out and make it better as a tool for us. Or we're not going to get anywhere in improving the, uh, uh, the operation. So one last thing. We're in a mode right now where the lack of credibility the recent history where there were issues of uh, uh, transparency, of uh, uh, accuracy in, uh, in reporting and so on. Uh, the only way, it's understandable therefore that there is skepticism and cynicism and a desire to find still more examples of historic gotcha, even current gotcha. I, I get that. Uh, and I don't think that I can wish it away and there's no magic wand to put. The only way that I can help move the organization out of that uh, daily target practice is to make progress on the day-to-day. -day. Got to make progress on the experience of residents, the real experience of residents. And that has to take a very, very high Priority. So you, you touched briefly on um, the fact that NYCHA has uh, some land and um, there's been a lot of discussion about market rate infill as a potential source of revenue, maybe to contribute to this $30 billion. Can you talk about um, your view of how to approach the, the mix of market rate and affordable housing were such a strategy to be pursued? So I have a vested interest. My vested interest is I want as much money for NYCHA repairs as I can get. But I also recognize that the nature of those kinds of decisions involves other interests as well. I am, I am not the ultimate uh, authority, but I have no compunction in saying that I want every dollar that I can get for uh, NYCHA, uh, NYCHA housing. But each one of these things is a story in itself. 
with different interests, many of them legitimate, worthy interests. Again, my priority is dollars for, uh, for NYCHA. Others see things differently. There are neighborhood considerations and, uh, uh, and the like. I don't think any one of these have been easy or will be easy, but my hope is that there's a significant amount of dollars at the end that can be applied, I think, to the housing project that is connected to the site. And that would give benefit directly to the, to the residents.